In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. As I say every Christmas Day morning, I love this morning. Uh, it's so wonderful and quiet. I sat in here for about 30 minutes just listening to the music and remembering and thinking about what God has done in this place and is doing in this place this morning. God is a great God. For those of you who are new here, John, the congregation insists that I tell some sort of humorous story before the sermon. I don't know why they insist that, but they do. So here, it was the night of the children's Christmas play. Little Johnny, he was upset because he didn't get the part of Joseph. He was assigned to be the innkeeper. And because he was still bitter, when Joseph and Mary arrived at the inn to ask if there was room, little Johnny turned everything upside down by saying, sure, come on in. And Joseph, he was first taken aback, but with quick wit, he stepped in and he looked around and he said, this place is a dump. I'd rather stay in a barn. And they turned around and went out. There was a group of first graders they got together, decided to write their own version of the nativity. It was more modern than the traditional version. There were the familiar members of the cast. There was Joseph and the shepherds, the three wise men, the star, an angel propped up in the back. But Mary was nowhere to be found. Suddenly behind the bales of hay, could be heard some loud moans and groans of pain. Evidently, Mary was in labor. And soon the doctor arrived, dressed in a white coat with a stethoscope around his neck. Joseph looked with relief on his face. He takes the doctor straight to Mary and then starts pacing back and forth, waiting, pacing back and forth, and after a few moments, the doctor emerges with a big smile on his face. And he says, congratulations, Joseph. It's, it's, it's a God. <laughs> and indeed it was. And then there's the one more. Then there's the woman who was talking to her nephew right after he had opened the Christmas present. And she said in a very apologetic way, she said, I'm sorry you don't like the Christmas present I gave you, but I asked if you preferred a small check or a large check. And with his head hung in disappointment, the nephew replied, I know, but I didn't think you were talking about a tie. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, sometimes we just receive gifts that we don't like. And sometimes I am amazed at how many people in this world don't like the gift that God gave 2,000 years ago. Or even if that tiny little baby was the kind of gift the world expected. Do you remember how the prophet Isaiah put it? Remember what he said was the cry of the ages? 
He said, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. And that's the way we would do it if we were God, right? We would come down with a mighty hand, outstretched arm, as the prophet said. We would come down with our dukes up, our arms bared for a good fight against the evils of this dark world. We would come down as a turbocharged God. But what does our God of strange surprises do? He comes as a baby, a divine human baby, to be sure, but a helpless little baby who can't even take care of himself. The baby would die without the tender caress of his mother. You know, we tend to look for the big gifts in the big boxes. We look for power. We look for might. We look for something that would turn the world upside down. And then silly, silly, silly God. He goes and does something like this. George Herbert says they were all looking for a king to slay their foes and lift them high. Thou camest a little baby thing that made a woman cry. And remember Psalm 2? Remember this picture? Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot together the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one the nations and the kingdoms and the powers of the earth they gear up for battle says the psalmist and then when when the when the high and the mighty Lord of heaven and earth throws in his forces it's only a tiny, helpless boy in a cradle. What is going on? That's why the prophet Isaiah could write, who would believe our report? Who could believe our report? A root out of dry ground, he called it. A tender plant, a helpless, tiny child. We want God to storm into this world to take our side in the battles of life, to destroy our enemies, to transform our existence. We want God to play Santa Claus and you. What would you like for Christmas? But somehow he goes on being God, not giving us what we want, but giving us what we need and here's the tough thing about Christianity. If God is so big and so powerful, why does he allow this thing or that thing to happen? I mean, why did, someone might ask, why did my child have to die? Or why with all of the advances in medicine does this strange disease have to happen in our family? Or why do God's gifts come in the wrong sized packages and not only does he send them in the wrong sized packages, but get this, he sends the gift to the wrong people, sometimes we believe. To whom do you give Christmas gifts? 
Do you give them to people that you don't like? You give them to the nice people, right? To friends who are friendly, to business people who might have helped you out this past year. And yes, I know sometimes we get stuck feeling obligated to pass off a gift to a relative we really don't like. But even relatives aren't usually that bad. And when God gives his Christmas gift, he gives it to the shepherds first in the fields around Bethlehem. Nice people, those shepherds. I mean, after all, David, King David was a shepherd boy at first. It couldn't get much better than that, you would think. And so it seems in our Christmas pageants, the shepherds are the cute ones. Last night at five o'clock service, all the tiny kids with their shepherd's costumes on, their angel costumes, the ones dressed up in their daddy's bathrobes or grandpa's cane in their hands. And the shepherds are the good guys, the simple folk who are genuine, down to earth. But in the world of that time, I'll tell you, faithful Jews were warned by their rabbis against entering six professions. And one of those forbidden occupations was shepherding. Conscientious Pharisees would never consider doing business with a shepherd. I mean, yes, of course, they would buy their wool and their milk, but never from the shepherd himself. Shepherds weren't even allowed to give testimony in court. In fact, shepherds weren't even permitted to enter places of worship. Why? Because for one thing, shepherds were constantly walking around among the droppings of the sheep, and this made them religiously unclean. Secondly, shepherds ranged their sheep throughout the countryside without paying too much attention to property lines. In other words, they were constantly trespassing. And what's more, they were in the right position to pick things up along the way, if you know what I mean. Yes, shepherds were considered to be thieves. They were known to steal you blind. Shepherds were dirty, disgusting. Shepherds were despised. Shepherds had one foot in hell and the Willie Nelsons of that day used to sing, Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be shepherds. <laughs> and then God, silly, silly God. Doesn't he know what's right and what's wrong? Can't he see things the way we see them? No, because God sends his very best choir out into the skies that night to sing the hallelujah chorus to the shepherds who can't even read music. And here's the greatest wonder of God's Christmas giving. Yes, he may send his gift to the wrong people, but I can tell you that those who believe in God both then and today know that God comes to us in the most unexpected ways and the most unexpected people. And that if we gaze upon Christmas with eyes that are not of the Spirit of God, with eyes that are cynical and not open to awe, the awe and the majesty of God, with a vision that refuses to believe the impossible, refuses to adore the gift right before us, 
we will never know the joy of the shepherds who praised God for all that they had heard and seen that particular night. Seeing is believing. Faith is seeing the gift right here before us, even when we really can't see it with new eyes, with new hearts. So don't be afraid this Christmas to see what God has given you. Don't be afraid to be like the simple shepherds who joyfully tell the world that the Prince of Peace is born to those who are willing to open wide their eyes. Because those who believe in God know that when their eyes are wide open, to receive the unexpected gift, they become children of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.